This is Dr. David Howard in his teaching on Joshua through Ruth. This is session number three, Introduction to Joshua, part three, Literary Context. In this segment, I want to talk about what I would call the literary context of the book of Joshua. We've talked in another segment about the historical context, geographical context, but the book of Joshua uh, is not just referring to events and places and people that happen in real time in space in history, but it is also a literary composition. It is a book of words written by someone with a certain intent. The intent we've spoken of in a different uh, segment being the God's gift of the promised land as people of Israel and so on. Um, but let's think of the book of Joshua now in its literary context, namely at, in the place in the canon, the place in the Old Testament where it occurs. So traditionally, we have the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, as what we would call the Pentateuch, the division being right here, and the logic behind this, these are sometimes called the books of Moses, and this would be because Moses was the primary author of these books. Moses dies at the end of Deuteronomy, so it's a logical division of a major section of the Bible. After this, in the Protestant tradition, we usually talk about the historical books, uh, Joshua down through 2 Kings, or even all the way to, through Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Uh, I don't like that term completely because it might imply that other parts are not historical. I would say the storyline in Joshua picks up on the storyline in Numbers, Exodus, Genesis, and so those would be historical also in, in that sense, the narrative sections. Uh, but it's a term of convenience. It tells the story of when Israel has entered the land. And if you go to Kings, Second Kings, this is where Israel is taken away from the land. So these are the 400 years or so or more than 400 years, uh, maybe eight or 900 years of Israel's life in the land. And in the Jewish tradition, these are called the former prophets, Joshua, Judges, 1st, 2nd Samuel, 1st, 2nd Kings. And uh, they're not prophets in the same sense that Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the others are, but in the sense that prophets are people who are, speak words from God, spokespersons for God, as Isaiah and others spoke in the streets of Jerusalem or in Samaria, uh, the authors of these books are speaking words from God in a different way. They're writing down the events and interpreting them through God's eyes. So in that sense, these can be called prophets. So jo the book of Joshua then is the head of the historical books, the first book of life in the land. Now, if you read far enough in Old Testament literature, uh, you will come across theories that uh, of composition that may be a little different from this. And one of the major theories that had uh, cachet a couple centuries ago into the, into the 20th century was a theory that uh, the storyline from Genesis uh, didn't really end in Deuteronomy, but it ended in Joshua. And that we should think of something called the Hexateuch, Pentateuch, uh, getting its name from the word uh, penta, meaning five, so the first five books. Uh, we think of the pentagon as a five-sided thing. A hexagon is a six-sided 
geometric structure. So the hexateuch would be the first six books of the Old Testament. And scholars came up with this theory uh, end of the 19th century, early 20th century, thinking that, no, Moses was not the author of the Pentateuch, but somebody much later was writing about this and threads that would go through all these books ended in Joshua. And there's a certain logic to this because there's so much in Joshua that looks backwards uh, as the fulfillment of the promises and the storyline finishes here. Um, the, the movement in the Pentateuch is always in a forward-looking direction. God gives promises to the land to Abraham, and then shortly, within a decades, uh, his descendants are not in the land anymore. They're in Egypt. And then the rest of the book of Exodus is moving out toward the promised land. The book of Numbers is moving through the wilderness toward the promised land. So there's always this movement forward. And at, at the end of every book in the Pentateuch, there's this kind of forward-looking lean. At the end of Genesis, they're in exile in Egypt, and they, they want to get back to the land. Exodus, the same thing. They want to get back to the land, and so on. So the, all those books, the five books, are looking ahead. And it's in the book of Joshua that we have the fulfillment of that. And there's a sense in the book of Joshua, it's kind of a, a sense of, ah, we're here. Finally, after all these centuries, the promises are fulfilled, we're in the land, and life is good. So there's clearly a sense that the book of Joshua looks back in appreciation for all of, the, all of this. Life is now good. There's a, settled, a settledness in the book of Joshua that you don't find in most other books. So that, there's a, it's true that these, this book looks, looks backwards. Uh, but that ignore, this theory ignores the traditional understanding of the Pentateuch as coming from the pen of Moses, or most of the Pentateuch coming from the pen of Moses. So, uh, in, in 1943, there was a German scholar named Martin Note who proposed a different theory, and he proposed a theory called the uh, Deuteronomistic History. And Note thought that, no, um, the, the point of... Closure should be here, and the book of Deuteronomy should be understood as the head of all of these books. And that it's clear, the book of Deuteronomy looks ahead a lot to life in the land, Moses' instructions at the end of his life, looking ahead to how they should live and so on. And that you find themes in the books of Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings that are first articulated in the book of Deuteronomy. So Note argued that 2 Kings ends with the destruction of Jerusalem and the release of Jehoiakim from prison in the year 561, so hundreds of years later. And so Martin Note argued that uh, this entire corpus of all these big books were written uh, in, during the exile after Jerusalem fell, maybe Portions were written earlier, but this is all put together as a big composition called the Deuteronomistic History. And again, uh, I would agree that many of the theme, many of what Note has argued uh, makes sense because yes, Deuteronomy looks, does look ahead. Many of the things about obedience 
and the God's promises and so on that are mentioned in Deuteronomy are fulfilled in these books and even some of the reasons why Samaria and Jerusalem fell in 2 Kings are echoing warnings from the book of Deuteronomy. So there's clearly that thread and that unity of theme. It's one thing to say there's a unity of theme. It's another thing to say there's a unity of authorship. And I would disagree with Note's theory that this is all written in the exile. Again, I would affirm the traditional perspective that the Pentateuch uh, was mosaic, essentially. But the whole purpose of this is to show the context of the book of Joshua as a hinge book. And in a sense, both Deuteronomy and Joshua are hinge books. Because uh, Deuteronomy consists of Moses' final speeches, looking back over his life with Israel and saying, here's how God has been faithful to us over the generations. From Abraham on, and especially for us these last 40 years, here's how God has been with us in, the, in Egypt, in the wilderness, and so on. And that's a, a backward look in the book of Deuteronomy. But it looks ahead because Moses says, now I'm going to be off the scene, and you are going to cross the promise, into the promised land, and here's the things you need to remember. And part of Deuteronomy is repeating the, the laws given 40 years earlier. Uh, the word, even the name of the book, Deuter, Deuter, Deuteronomy, comes from the words Deutero and Nomas, meaning second law. Uh, the law had been given originally in Mount Sinai uh, to the first generation. Those people died off in the wilderness, so now Moses was speaking to the second generation. So again, it's looking backwards, but also looking ahead. Joshua, the same thing. Looks backwards, saying, these are the fulfillment of the promises, and yet there is also a way in which Joshua looks ahead as the first book in which Israel is living until the end of 2 Kings when Israel uh, is taken away from the land. So the place of the book of Joshua is one that looks backwards and forwards in the sweep of these, these books here, and I think it's helpful to keep that uh, perspective in mind. This is Dr. David Howard in his teaching on Joshua through Ruth. This is session number three, Introduction to Joshua, part three, Literary Context.